Welcome. Welcome, Aaron. I'm so excited to uh, to have you on the podcast. Um, first, Thanks, I just want to say, yeah, for, I, I just want to say, like, you've been an inspiration. And I'll tell you why, even though we haven't really talked too much, let me tell you why. Um, so I started my agency about seven years ago, uh, Brenton Way. And I was lo I was lonely. You know, it was just me in my room starting this marketing agency. And I didn't have anyone to talk to about marketing. I didn't have any business people to connect with. I had only a few, you know, and you you always posted on the Facebook groups, which I really enjoyed because like I felt like I was a part of something. I felt like I was still part of a community. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you to that, even though you didn't know me that much, but I appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Love hearing stuff like that. Makes means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this episode is obviously um, about community and the future of community. But before we jump right into that, let's start with you, Aaron. Like, tell us about you. Tell us about what you're doing and all that. Love to hear it. Yeah. Um, I got my hands in a lot of different stuff right now. Um, I uh, I work with Dan Martell um, in his SaaS Academy. So I do email and partnerships for Dan Martell. Um, I, um, I run a few smaller groups. Um, I'm a co-founder in a SaaS called TAGG, T-A-G-G-G, three Gs. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, uh, and then I do a little bit of coaching on the side, not too much. Um, mostly all around SaaS, um, uh, recently kind of moved into more of a, um, teaching people how to uh, how to leverage other people's Facebook communities to build a relationship with their the partner's audience and sell their own stuff, sell their stuff in somebody else's Facebook group. Um, I have a lot of experience with that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's what I'm doing now. Mostly still in, still in SaaS. Um, and uh, um, yeah. That's awesome. So, so let's just, Let's dive right into it, man. I, I think there's going to be a lot of great conversations we're going to have around community. And then obviously we'll talk a little bit about SaaS as well. You know, we have a SaaS tools page now. So I think it'd be really cool for you to like talk about that and and, and we'll dev delve into that. So let's get started right away. Like Facebook groups. Where do you think Facebook groups are at now from five years ago? Do you see any changes and where do you see Facebook groups going? Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's interesting. Um, so there's kind of two questions there is there's, there's the question, um, the question behind that question is, um, is what is the next community platform that's coming up that people are going to move to? Cause before it was forums, right? You remember forums? Yeah. <laughs> Going to forums, like, you know, you get your, you know, you get your badges and stuff like that used to be community. That used to be the online communities. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when Facebook, you know, Facebook came around, like that was, um, they really, really pushed groups a lot because they realized that um, especially in the past few years, people are really in need of some type of community. And if you look at like community platforms right now, there's a bunch of them that have launched 
that are separate from Facebook, but Facebook has an advantage because most of the people in our generation, like I'm, I'm 38, right. Um, I'm just used to Facebook. Like it's just been an easy, it's easy. It's I'm there. It's an easy thing. My, My clients hang out there. Um, you know, people I get along with are there. So I'm, I'm there right now. And, and honestly, um, if tomorrow they're launched some other platform, um, that all my clients and all my potential clients would move to, I'd probably move there. Um, Mm. and it's not so much like what, it's not so much like the platform necessarily. It is where are your ideal clients at? We were just talking about this, like before on LinkedIn, like, um, LinkedIn is a great, a great, great place um, to to build a network in and grow a brand, um, especially if you're in business. Um, you know, like Facebook is really is great. I, I'm actually super surprised at how how well Facebook has done for me in like the B two B space because it's yeah. not technically like a B two B platform, right? It's it's a social media platform, right? Um, but what Facebook did is they filled the need for. Um, which existed, which was a place for people to gather around topics and discuss things. Like that's the need that they filled. Um, and so uh, if your customers are on LinkedIn, go to LinkedIn. Like if they're on Twitter, go to Twitter. Each one of those mediums has a different type of audience, attracts a different type of person. Um, and it's less about what, what uh, like, I don't know what the future is going to be. I just know that communities are going to be around forever. There's always going to, that's like from the beginning of time, like we, 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 we like tribes, um, is like in our DNA, like being part of a tribe, you know? Um, and when we don't feel that, like, that's a, that's a basic human need that we're not getting fulfilled. And so it's going to be fulfilled no matter what, you know, um, there was, what was that one? Um, it was like a voice app where you, you would get on, it was like a, a chat room, but it was like clubhouse. Right. Like, I don't yeah. know what happened to clubhouse to be honest. I, I know. It just um, died. <laughs> Did it really? Is there nobody on Clubhouse anymore? There's some people on it. I yeah. Just... Yeah. So like, it was kind of like, all right, that, that tried to replace, fill a need in the community space. Yeah. And like, it, for a while, it was a very novel thing. Um, yeah. But for one reason or another, like it didn't work out. And like, but during the time, at the time, like if you were on Clubhouse and you were doing like, like live yeah. conversations and stuff, like you had an open audience, man. Like people were just like, massively growing their businesses from clubhouse. Um, and then they kind of went away. So like the question is like, where, where are your ideal customers hanging out now and just, and, and go there, you know? So. It's a very, uh, it's a very good answer. And actually it's, it's very, it's a nice answer to give because one of my concerns as a marketer is like, if you jump on the wrong platform, right. Or, and it dies, then you lose your entire community. And I think what you're saying is you can build a community, get them engaged. And if it means that you have to leave, then you properly move the community somewhere else. Right? Well, dude, you don't want to keep your community on. You don't own Facebook. Yeah. Like my goal with fast growth hacks is to get everybody off of Facebook as quickly as possible. Really? Oh yeah, dude. I don't want them on. I have no control over how much reach my posts get. I have no control mm. if Facebook shuts down my group. Um, the Facebook community is not an asset. It's like a liability in a way. It's like a rented yeah. liability. And so when I when I get people on Facebook and I get them in my group, my immediate goal 
is to get them into uh, my email list and clone the yes. audience into an asset that I own. No one can take away that list. Yes. No one could take that away. Um, and, and when I'm posting stuff in Facebook, I'm constantly sending people away from Facebook mm. into the list and I'm sending people from the list back into Facebook and they're like feeding off each other. Oh, I see. And it, ha- and it has, and it has like this, um, like when you, if you have an email list and you send out an email that says, Hey, check out this post I made on Facebook about this, 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 um, you got to see it. It sends traffic to that Facebook post. The Facebook algorithms look at the traffic and they bump that post up and it gets more views. So you get more exposure. Right. Um, um, but you're using your audience to like, to get more reach mm. and exposure using Facebook. And then Organic. on Facebook, I'm yeah. And Facebook, I'm saying, Hey, um, you know, uh, come chat with me here and I'll give you this free, you know, I got something really cool for you that I want to give you and, you know, uh, some gated content. Um, cause I want to get them off of Facebook, but I don't want, I don't want to misunderstand. Don't misunderstand me. Like I, yeah. I love having them on Facebook and the Facebook group is a real great asset, but I'm not dependent upon Facebook. If Facebook disappeared tomorrow, I'd still be okay. You know, yeah. cause, that, cause. And, and that's a very, the, the, I, I love that answer. I totally agree with you because you, you don't own Facebook. The algorithm will change. Something could change tomorrow and you could lose the entire reach that you have. Now, that's also another concern that I've always thought about email though, is how what's your open rate, right? How many are going to the sponsored inbox as opposed to their main inbox? So what 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 do you do to improve uh, deliverability? Dude, I, I am not an email deliverability guy. <laughs> um, you're asking the wrong. You're asking the wrong guy. Um, I'll tell you my thoughts on it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am not writing emails. My goal is not to get as many opens as possible. It's to get the right people to open the mm. email. I so, um, when I write a subject line, I write I write a subject line with the idea, like like the fake scenario that I am paying for every open on this email. So I only want people mm. who are qualified and who, who like, I could write an email that says help, help exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, right? That would get a ton of opens, right? My, my open rate would shoot yeah. through the roof, but then I get all these spam complaints and it's like, it, what, who's it attracting? Yeah. Well, it's attracting somebody, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's misleading, right? So yes, totally, when I, totally. when I, when I write an email, I'm like, um, I just did one for Dan's list a few days ago and it was, uh, or today actually it was, um, Subject line was 20K a month take home from your SaaS. That was, that was a subject line. 20K a month take home from your SaaS. Now, who's going to open that email, right? It's not going to be someone who is doing $10 million a year, right? It's somebody who's we've really crafted that. And I got that from an interview. Um, it's somebody who really who wants a profitable SaaS company who wants to get to 20K, right? And they could yeah. they could be at... 60k MRR, but they could be only making 5k a month profit, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people that open that email are the ones that I want to talk to. But then the next day, I can write an email to the 10 million dollar a year people. Um, so the question is like, how do I avoid getting in the in the spam box and stuff? Like, I don't know, dude. I'm sure a lot of my emails go into the sponsored sponsored page or um, sponsored tab. Uh, but that's why I have Facebook because um, because it's like it's like having a an army, right. Um, where you have, you have arrows, arrows will go through, you know, like the, the gate cause there's holes, but
but like a cannonball, you use a different tool to get to reach more people, right? So if you have a Facebook audience, you have an email list, you have a YouTube channel and Twitter, and you're posting the same stuff on all those channels, you may not get them on Twitter and Facebook, but you might hit them on email and vice versa. So it's like my, my mentor calls it list, like cloning. You'd have clones of your list all over the place and you just kind of attack them from different angles. And one of the easiest things you could do is um, if you have an email list, email your list and say, hey, I'm starting a new group um, where we're going to discuss X, Y, Z. Here's a link to join, right? And you take Mm -hmm. your people from your list and you move them into a Facebook group. And you're going to get people from your Facebook group seeing your content that that they wouldn't see on email. And it's like you're cloning your list and and you're, you're increasing reach. It's like the easiest thing you could possibly do to like increase reach and reach more of your customers. That's a, that's a great point. I know we want to talk about AI and we'll get there. Cause I think there's some really nice gems that we're, we're talking about here, right? Very data driven answers. And I really like that. So what are you doing in terms of sponsorships? Like how are you, are you doing any sponsorships or are you just doing it from gated like um, funnels and, and pushing funnels towards your emails? Um, you mean, am I, am I like, do I have companies that are sponsoring me? Um, no, I don't, I don't have companies that are sponsoring me. Um, but, um, but I do put a lot of like, uh, I do put a a lot of effort into partnerships. Mm, Um, when you say, when you say sponsorship, when I, when I hear sponsorship, I kind of think like, pay us X amount of dollars and we get yes, a spot that's exactly right. List, right? That's exactly I haven't really right. done that. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great, that's a great that's way to monetize. Not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea for you, especially when it comes to conferences that are having events around what you do. You can easily embed some type of sponsorship. Like, I don't know how much you would charge, but it can be a yeah. pretty decent amount, especially because you have the Facebook reach and you also have the email reach. You could definitely tap into some sponsorships and actually builds your credibility because it shows that you're related to this conference that is pretty popular. So um, in some ways it, it could actually benefit you to do sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsorships are like a great opportunity. But, but let's yeah. touch base on the partnerships. Cause I, I think you are doing this pretty well. You have a lot of experience in the partnership side on the Facebook side, maybe on email. Can you walk us through some of the stuff you're doing? Yeah. Um, so the partnership strategy that we're using now is um, we call it the, uh, the, the, it's like a, um, a relationship. Partnerships are a relationship. Yes. And so what we do is we will approach um, companies who are um, share a similar audience. Right. And I have like the whole process that I go through for this, like vertical and horizontal um, uh, complimentary companies. Once you find somebody you want to work with, um, what's worked really well for us lately is saying something like, um, uh, being kind of generic, um, and saying, Hey, uh, we, we share a similar audience. Are you open to partnering, have some creative ideas that might be, that might interest you. Right. And then we get on the call. Um, we say something like, Hey, uh, uh, and I ask, I ask, I treat these partner calls as like sales calls. And I say, Hey, what, yeah. what is it that you, what is it that you need as a partner? Like what, um, one of my favorite questions to ask is like, what, what new set of problems are created after they work with you that you can't solve? Hmm. Right. Um, what is preventing, 
what result or, you know, um, service or whatever is missing that is preventing your, your customers from having more success with your product or your service or your SaaS or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea is that as a partner, you can come in and fill that gap for them because, because partners, a good partner, their number one priority is not going to be money. Wait, so when you Every, say partner, are you talking about partnering with SaaS or are you partnering with other groups or communities? Partnering with, with anyone. Anyone, okay. any, uh, what I look as a, a, a partner, a good partner for me is somebody who, who is solving a problem that I'm not solving, who's serving the same audience as me. It could be a Facebook group, SaaS, mm, SaaS company, it okay. could be whatever, right? Um, and yeah, so we... Uh, um, we go on like a first date. We just say, Hey, um, you know, I working, working right now with, uh, uh, it's so real, it's so fascinating. Um, uh, an audience working with a, a pretty big community right now. And their one of their pain points from the call was that we're moving up market, but we're still getting all of these lower tier clients signing up and we don't know what to do with them. Like mm. we're not really servicing them anymore. And I, and I was like, well, dude, what if we gave them some kind of like, we'll put together like a bonus for you that you can give to those people. Um, and we can help them. Like we can serve yeah. that market for yeah, you. That's so you don't idea. have to do it. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really what they want. The, the, the commission and all that kind of stuff. Everybody thinks partners want commission. That's like the first thing people go towards is like, I get emails all the time and Facebook messages like, Hey, Aaron, we all launched this new product. It's 30% commissions, 40, 50% monthly commissions. And, um, for some people that might work, but for the right partner, their, their number one, like objective is not to make more money. It's, it's yeah. fulfillment. It's fulfillment. Yeah. That's a very good point. And, and, and I think that's right. the really good thing about working with more mature solidified partners is because yeah. they're not necessarily looking for more money. I mean, money is great because it drives revenue and growth, but it's more of the fulfillment to make sure that their clients or even the clients that they used to have are happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they, because the really smart partners and companies know that they're not leveraging their existing audiences hundred percent, not even yeah. close. They know that. Yeah. And so that's why there's people that are dedicated to partnerships in companies because they realize that there's a portion, the portion of their market, um, there's two sides to partnerships. One is one is to get your, your product in front of more people. And the other side is how do we provide more value to our audience without us having to do any extra work? And then, mm -hmm. and so, so we increase our LTV, right? Um, and that's really the two main partnerships. And if you go in trying to focus on one of those, um, you can build a really successful partnership. Just you start small and then work up, do a first date, second date, you know, then you get engaged and then the, then the, then the end result is like you're integrated together. Right. So you don't have to do like a monthly post, like both of you're, you're introduced to all their new customers, you know, by default. Right. So that's like the end. Exactly. Yeah. We actually started a partnership too, for this thing called, we call, we call it agency matchmaker, which matches marketing, com marketing companies, agencies, basically with brands. And we handle the entire con it's a free concierge service for the brands. We actually find out exactly what type of agency they're looking for. We vet the agencies that we already have in our database and we match them. And we make money from the success fee. If they actually match and work together, we take a success fee from the agency and not from the brand. It's completely yeah. free for the brand. 
and we found a really good partner that is going to add it to basically all their articles. And I, and I think you made a really good point on that. It's like, it's for them too. He was just like, listen, dude, it's like, sure, just pay me. We'll figure something out, but I want to fulfill, you know? Yeah. I want to fulfill. I don't want to have to go and get clients or whatever it is that they don't want to do. Right. They just want to do what they're good at. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's jump into AI. <laughs> let's jump into AI. I want to give you the opportunity to start with anything that you want to talk about related to AI. Um, and then it will obviously go through some questions that I have, but I'd love to just get your initial thoughts on AI with community. Where do you see it benefiting communities? Where do you see it affecting communities in a negative way? Cause it hundred percent will, especially when it comes to spam and BS posts that I constantly see. It's just going to level that up and it's just really frustrating. So I'd love to get your thoughts overall first. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, it's interesting. Um, the good thing about communities, especially a good community is that they're self regulating. Um, and so if you have a community with like good members in it and you have moderators, like you can get rid of a lot of the spam because they're invested in it and people will market as spam and they'll get kicked out. Like in, in, in SAS growth acts, we didn't prevent anyone from posting, right? We had an open post policy. Like you could post anything that you wanted in the group. You didn't have to go through some moderators. There was nothing. I mean, there was rules, right? Um, and at the, and initially when the group started, like that was really great, but there was spam. And when there's spam, we just called it out and, eliminated from the group. We got really good at pre-qualifying people before they entered the group. Um, so we, we kind of, so we could identify and we knew like who probably was going to be a spammer, right? I built these, built these processes. <laughs> Do you hear that? Don't take care of it. Arlo. Oh, oh. is he okay? Do, 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 do. Child needs. Give me just one second. No problem. Go do your thing. All right, John. If you have, if you have any good jokes, now's the time to like yeah, pull them no out. Worries. You go do your thing, man. Don't worry about it. Let's see if uh, anyone from the marketing stage is asking questions. Oh. oh, oh. What's up, X? Uh, children are calling. It's a it's a good uh this is a good episode, right? I really like it. Oh, the LinkedIn one's not working. Okay. That's okay. We can we can figure it out. Yeah, no, I no that happens. I do like I like I like the episode. I like we're talking about like you know, communities overall. And it's interesting because like I know we have our community on Discord, but like let's say we always want to switch. We can always do that too. 
you know we don't always have to stay on here in the future but I, that's the one thing i like about discord right you can it's just like y your messages will always get out you know Crisis averted. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah. So, um, where were we? No, no. We were talking about AI and community where you think AI. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. You're saying, you're saying yours is self-moderated. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried about like, um, you know, I, I just have a really positive like outlook and vision of AI. Um, and I don't really see it. I mean, there's always going to be people that are going to try to spam and, and blow up, you know, ruin things for people. Um, I look at AI as a, a tool to augment and um, it's like a kindler for me. So like I, I get something started and then I complete it. Um, AI is like, there's nothing that's ever going to be able to replace like the wisdom and insight from somebody who's yeah. been through something specific. Right. And that's what makes content really good. The content that I like to push out the w the way that I use AI is to help me communicate my insight better, not to come up with the insight. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I don't really see AI as being like a big issue. I have some, I have some strong opinions about like, um, about what, how, how AI and the skills people need to develop now that they didn't need to develop before to take advantage of AI. But um, I just see it as being a, as a real positive for communities and for group owners and, um, and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I, I think, uh, I don't think AI is going to replace the type of content we're creating nowadays. I just think it's going to augment it. It's only going to help improve the type of content we're trying to get out. Sometimes you have writer's block and you don't know exactly how to finish your sentences yeah. or how to convey what you're trying to say properly. And I think that's where AI is going to come and help. Because, you know, one thing that I tell a lot of the people in our community, especially marketers, because you and I are technically marketers. We are marketers. We're yeah. marketing oh, yeah. a thing. Is you have competition. There's eyeballs, right? You have to capture eyeballs. And AI is not going to do it for you. <laughs> AI is not going to get you eyeballs, right? And um, and 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 I started to use AI today, and I was like, I started to use it. Obviously, I've been using it for a long time, but I thought for myself, like, how can I actually benefit from it? And like, I was taking the entire week to have AI come up with prompts for me of like topics, you know, because it was I was going through the writer's block of how do I convey my voice, and then I just said, "F it, this isn't doing it. It's not." It's not authentic, nothing. It's just like, it's worded well, right? It's like, if I were to say that, it would sound good, but it's not me and it would never get engaged. That's not you. Right. You know? Right. And right. so what I decided Land. to do was I started to create drafts of like topics, posts, right? Of like general drafts of what I wanted to say. And then I, I'm thinking about it now and I could use AI to just like finish and augment my ideas and then give me more ideas back, you know, right. and I right, and I think that's where AI would would shine. Yeah, um, the skill that we need to develop now 
is, um, at least for the foreseeable future, is how to engineer prompts to get the yeah. output that you want. And you can tweak and come up with prompts. That's why prompts are so valuable because people don't know how to talk to AI right now. Like, you mean, you'll have people go write a, write a subject line or an email, a cold email outreach email to get people to do, yeah. you know, reach out back to me. Um, and it comes back bland, you know, but if you, if you, if you added some really specific, like, dude, one of the things I love to do is I like, I love to go into chat GPT and I say, Hey, you are a expert copywriter. Um, you're going to write an email for me. You're going to ask me all the questions you need to ask me yeah. Yeah. in order for you to understand the product, the customer, the pain and the offer. And then you're going to write an email ready, go. And then chat GPT will come back and say, all right, great. Tell me about your product. Tell me about, and it, it's like, and the, it's like an interview where you yeah. just like tell chat GPT exactly what you need. And then it spits it out. And then you can refine the, um, then you can refine like the style from this is my son. <laughs> What's up, hi. Man? Hi. Hey, oh, look your headphones. Fortnite. 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 Woo. Oh, Fortnite. <laughs> There's some big updates on Fortnite. Actually the Fortnite. Yeah, editor. Dude. That's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. The yeah, Fortnite editor. I know all about it. Um, yeah. And so, so prompt engineering is really where it's at is, is, um, yeah. How to get chat GPT to come back with an output that is like incredible, yes. you know? Um, so that's where I think, that's where I think it's headed. And, and I mean, dude, I use chat GPT today. There was some copy that I was writing and every first letter of the word was capitalized, you know, like a, like a headline. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I have to go like make each one of these letters, like, Decapitalize, and I just put in Jack GPT. I was like, take all the capitalized letters and and remove them. And I put in the sentence, and Chat GPT spit it back with all the capitalization removed. And I was like, that that's yeah. like something an, a VA would have to do for you. Yeah, really. Like, uh, I don't Google can't do that. Um, so there's a lot of really cool use cases that I don't think people realize that Chat GPT can do and use that would just save them a lot of time. Um, which in the long run will allow people to spend more time on the things they're really, really good at and refine those skills. Yeah. Um, so I, I just see it as being a benefit. If you can learn how to talk to it, to, 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 to AI, um, and you think outside of the box a little bit, like it can really become like an assistant for you, save a lot of time and get you started and refine and um, polish content, all that kind of stuff. Are you guys ready? Yeah, for sure. How would you, how would you say you're using, what do you think are the most successful marketing strategies you're using right now in your communities? Uh, obviously you said partnerships, but what other strategies are you doing? Well, you don't have to go through the full secret sauce, you know? Oh man, this is like, I just, it's just so fun. Like I just love, I love doing this. Um, yeah. You know, so um, one of the, one of the really cool strategies, um, I follow somebody called Travis Sago, S-A-G-O. If you don't follow this guy, on Facebook, he's the most under, um, the most hidden, like underrated marketer, uh, in my opinion, um, right now. Like, there's there's a lot of really good marketers out there, but Travis Sago is one that's really really amazing. If you follow his stuff, one thing that he and I learned everything I learned about running a good community and engaging with communities and like talking to people, I learned from from Travis. Um, like, I, I don't claim any of this stuff to be my own, like 
come from my own mind. <laughs> like, mm. I'm not a genius. I'm just really good at like copying people. Um, and one thing that's working really well in communities right now, I, I mentioned one before is cloning, right? Cloning your audience. Um, the other one is group segmentation. So taking a group and creating a subgroup yes. out of your group for people that yeah. are really f- um, w- for a much more targeted topic, right? Yes. Growth Hacks is a really large community in the, and it, there's it's like huge. so many market segments within that, right? Yeah, um, it's huge. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we just we created a new community and said, hey, if you're looking to get this specific outcome, um, join this new group, right? Like this is this is where we're going to talk about more specific stuff. As far as like content in the community, um, uh, what, and this has been, this has been like the case since I started my communities, people don't want more content. There is enough content out there to last a million years. It's not about sharing articles and sharing content and generic growth hacks. Like what people want is for you to take the information that's out there and synthesize it and simplify it in a way that will help them get a result faster. So if you just share an article, it's like they have to do the work. They have to do the work. They have to go into the article. They have to read the article. They have to come up with their own conclusion. They have to come up with their own insight. But if you if you make a post that's like, hey, um, you share an insight, you get them to look at their problem differently, and you get them to have an aha moment, mm-hmm. um, it takes 10, 15 seconds to read an email, to read a post that could change your perspective on things. And that is what provides a lot of value. More, in my opinion, more value than just dumping a bunch of content. Um, anything that's actionable. So uh, curated, I think curation is, is, is still a, and it's going to continue to be like a huge um, a reason people join communities is so that they can get curated content yes, and not have to sort through everything and get the good stuff that's interesting to them that will allow them to take action and get a result um, instead of just like consuming more content. Right? Yeah. One so, thing we're trying, one thing we're trying to do, Aaron is with our discord channel, we have like 4,000 marketers now in it. And we're, so we're constantly posting on socials, for example, and one of my biggest like ideas or visions that I'd like to do is like, as we post content on social, that is more of that curated content that you're talking about. We're going to get organic reach normally from Instagram and LinkedIn, but I really want the Discord to also engage on that social content within the Discord. So we've integrated it where anytime we post on, let's say, Instagram, it automatically feeds into Discord and they could see it. Yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, that's super cool. You know, and like Instagram is great for like that high level conversation. Like, oh, this is cool, cool. I'll share with my friend, right? But you can't go in depth into talking about that topic. Like, yeah. what do I gain from this? What, how, how does this benefit me? And if we and I'm trying, we're trying to find that like perfect medium where we post it on social. It comes to the Discord, and then people can really go in depth into that content, right? I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with TikTok. Like, um, one thing I've noticed about TikTok is there's it's it's tons and tons of bite sized content. It's not a platform designed for discussion. No, it's very frustrating to have a conversation on there. So if you, if you can post content and then send, send the traffic or send, or, you know, have something like a discord or a Facebook group where you can discuss the content, there's a huge need for that. I think it's really smart. 
yeah i think i think that's where the future is like having more in-depth conversations you know and i think that that's something that you've done really well is you allow people to have that discourse right and yeah have that on facebook and then you, you you're able to because you're already providing that value now you can do it on your email as well and and i think that's where the future of community is going even like with ai playing into the picture I think that's where the future of community is going is that more deeper in-depth conversation that you're kind of getting from podcasts, but you're not able to go back and forth. Like for example, this podcast, we're going to yeah. post it on the discord channel, right? So the, my intention is tell us, what do you like? What do you not like about the podcast? You know, there's an open chat right now in Riverside where people can ask questions. So it's more interactive. And I think technology is supposed to bring us closer and that's what community is, is to bring us closer. Yeah. And I think that's where I see the future of community going is closer to a discussion. And I think that's what Clubhouse did well, right? Like you brought up Clubhouse. Yeah. It was like two people were talking, then they had like a round table. People came up to the top to talk in that round table, you know? Yeah, no, they did a good, they, they did a really good job. I think the mistake they made was limiting it to yeah. voice. Like if they, if it was, um, because some people do not want to get on and talk. Yes, They're, that's not that's not their like strong point. They want to chat, right? Um, and so I think that was their their the the downside there. But like Discord trying to fill that gap too. We have a stage in Discord, right? You can come in and talk. Zoom. Um, yeah. Like there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways for that to happen. But the the um, like the depth of conversation um, and being able to and being able to talk to people who are at or above your level. I think is really important too. Mm, yes, um, exactly. It's hard to find communities. Um, I'm sure you felt this, like you join the community and you realize you're the smartest guy in the room. That's not the position you want to be in. You no. join a new community unless, unless you're giving out charity, which is, I mean, totally fine. Um, but if you're looking to grow, like you want to be not the smartest guy in the room, right? So those curated communities are really, really valuable um, because it allows you to have depth of conversation and also meet people that level you up. So let's touch base on uh, the AI stuff, but let's say I'm going to give you my ideas and I'd love to hear your ideas as well. When it comes to like AI and moderation or AI and augmenting content on communities, what are ideas that you're thinking of that you, we can use AI? For example, right? Someone makes a post, hey, I'm looking for this. And the AI is able to respond back with like a FAQ that has already been answered a thousand times. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. what are ways that we can use and supplement AI into, into communities? So I've been experimenting with AI really. Okay. So my, my philosophy is that the more you understand about your ideal customer, the more money you, you're going to make. You want to double your revenue. Um, and my friend and my mentor, Travers is again, I'm not making, this is not my own stuff. You want to double your revenue is double what you know about your ideal customer and get more specific about their problems. So what I did, was, I went in ChatGPT and I was like, um, I, I, I kept experimenting with the right question and I finally got the question right. It was, um, what are the symptoms that a SaaS founder would experience um, because of low revenue, hmm. right? Because, um, because everybody's saying increase revenue, increase revenue, increase revenue. 
Like that, that's like, that's everybody's saying it. If we were the first people to say that, I think maybe they would, it would have like more of an impact, but it's, it's so overused, right? So, and ChatGPT came back and said, one of the symptoms of having low revenue is, is low cash flow. Another one is not being able to get, to show enough growth to get an investment. And like, like that is a, that is a symptom that SaaS founders have right now. If you wrote an email or a post or a Facebook, whatever, and said, are you a SaaS founder trying to show faster growth so you can get that next round of investment? We figured out a way to do that. Like, and no one is talking about that. Yeah. And that's, that's something that they stay up at night thinking about like, oh man, how are we going to, how are we going to get revenue up? Like our investors, we need to run this. We need to get this next round and we need to show growth. I don't know how to do that. I'm a, I'm a developer, right? They're not thinking, oh, I wish I had more revenue. Yeah. You know, so, so I use ChatGPT and I say, what is the symptom of, um, what are the symptoms that are a result of somebody with low traffic? And the more specific you can get, the better answers you can get back. And I got some really good answers back from ChatGPT that I was like, man, that's a really good way for me to position. So I'm working with SAS Academy, right? SAS Academy is, is a, is a, um, uh, a, a, a program for SAS founders, right? To get them to like, um, Two five million ARR, um, and you can say, "Come buy my coaching." Come buy my coach. You can only say that so many times before it's like nobody wants your stupid coaching anymore, right? Um, but if we said we figured out a way that you can you can increase your your growth speed, so you can get that next round of investment. I've just positioned a coaching to solve the problem that they really have, yeah, which is getting more growth faster, so they can get that next round of investment. That's yeah, what no they want. They don't want coaching. Yeah, they don't. No, no, one, no, one, yeah, no one wants coaching, right? It's like, um, um, what can you do with a hammer? You can build a hundred different things. Like if if you yeah. if you and I were to sell hammers, yeah, every <laughs> every email we could send out would be like, hey, you want to build that birdhouse for your daughter next year or for your birthday? This hammer will do it. Oh, hey, you need an extra addition on your house? Yes, this hammer will. Okay, like it's always focused on the outcome, and the more specific you can get with the outcome, um, the more you can. You can, you can market the same thing over and over and over again if you position it and use – and I use ChatGPT to find different angles to position stuff. And that's where like – like I was really amazed at what, what – when I'm on, I'm on ChatGPT 4 and, I, and it, it's significantly better than, than 3, by the way. So if you're not, if you're not paying for ChatGPT 4, it's 20 bucks a month. Um, mm. if, you, if it saves you one hour – if it saves you half an hour a month, um, it's worth it, right? Um, but those are, and that's how it comes back to prompt engineering, right? What are the questions that you should be asking yes. chat GPT in order to get the types? And you, so you have to know what questions to ask, right? If I were to ask like, what are some pain points from SaaS founders? It would come back with a totally yeah. different answer. It, it come back I, with a very, a very bland answer. Generic you, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bland stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I use, so I use it to like initiate, initiate those ideas. And then yes. once I have the idea, I, I say I refine it with the chat DPT and then I add exactly. my Exactly. Augment 100%. Yeah. Okay, let's delve, delve in this because I have a very important question. We have more than one audience. Let's say for growth reality. Un unfortunately, that's just how my brain thinks. I'm not the one audience type of person and I know I can drive a lot of revenue by doing it. That's just not how my mind thinks. And so I'll give you an example. We started Growth Reality, which is this Discord and the website and all that. 
Because when I was younger, around the time that I started the agency, I didn't have the resources to build my company. I didn't have a team. I didn't have a, yeah. a community to tap into or resources. And that's really what we're trying to build here is free marketing SaaS tools in agency listing. So you can find your favorite agency, the Discord, all that stuff. Now, because of that, the symptom is we have multiple audiences. We have marketing founders. We have, uh, there are priorities, obviously. Marketers, founders are the highest priority. And then agency owners and then freelancers would be the third and fourth, right? Um, how would you go about properly managing multiple audiences? Tough question, I know, but you, you can be blunt. You can give yeah. your real answer, you know? When you say managing, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Managing multiple well, How do you properly output enough resources or content or position your offer properly if you have multiple audiences? Because you have to fulfill to those audiences, right? Um, yeah, you don't have to, but if you don't, yes. you're not leveraging your audience, which is why partnerships exist, right? So yes. if you've got SaaS founders in there, Right. And you're, you're focused on like heads of marketing. Um, I can come in and say, Hey, let me serve your SaaS market. I'll give you a commission for every sale that comes through. Like that's one way to do it. Um, so the, the real, mm. the real question there is what, um, what kind of resources do you have available? Because each one of those markets is really a kind of a separate business. Yes. The product's different. The pain points are different. So if you yeah. have, um, if you have within your within growth reality, if you have like um, uh, the agency department, you got like heads of growth department, and each person is responsible for positioning the offer and and running a community specifically for that group. That's one way to do it. But most people don't have yeah. those types of resources to be able to like break up their community into like five or six different markets. Um, I mean, even even really really big businesses just don't have those yeah. resources because because they 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 find a market that they they really thrive in and they want to continue working in that market because focus is more important than intelligence. Yes. Um the more you know doesn't have an impact on what you're able to do. It, it the ability to focus on something specific is what gets you really massive like clear incredible results. Um and people realize that and there's a point at which you get to the point where it doesn't make any sense to focus on that niche anymore. And you need, you need expansion revenue, right? Would you go to new markets, you expand mm -hmm. your product, you, but, but the mistake that I see people making is that they try to attract everyone at the same time. And it's just too much work yes, and it, it becomes is. bland. And like what happens is you get an agency owner in with a head of growth for a SaaS company and the agency owners asking questions that have nothing to do with the pain points of the head of growth of the SaaS company, and they feel like it's irrelevant and it's a waste of time for them. That's you even you even get that you even get that if you're if you're focused just on agencies, you'll have a new agency owner and then an experienced yeah. agency owner, and they're asking questions that like don't apply to each other, right? Um, and some and sometimes that's beneficial because um, you get you get to learn from. Mm everyone in you know, the spectrum, but it's a, it's a fine line, right? The, the more specific you get, the more traction um, you'll get. Um, and and I point. don't believe, I don't believe that ignoring a market to focus on one that you know you can serve is 
um, hurting. I, I think I think I, I think it's been proven mm-hmm. again and again and again that you can ignore, you can say no to some people, and you mm-hmm. should say no to some people until it, there comes a point where you have the resources where you can say yes. Because if you say yes to everyone, then your life's going to be miserable. Yeah, if it's think, not now, really it, it will be miserable. <laughs> so yeah. No, I think you make a really good point, you know, because yes, everybody is in marketing, but there are so many different types of roles and experiences. And even if the community is talking about marketing, it might not be relevant to one person because of the topic or the experience level of that person. Yeah. Happens happens all the time in coaching programs, even coaching programs that are super specific for super specific niche. I mean, even in South Academy, we have people saying, these calls aren't relevant. Like we get mm. the past five questions were like, how do I get my first 10 users? It's like, <laughs> what? this is a way, why am I, why am I, why am I on this call? Like, I need to, this is not the problem that I'm having. Yes. Um, and some people, but at the same time, some funders are like, oh, I can't wait to jump in and help this guy get their first 10 users. Yes. Right. So there's segments within segments. Um, but the more segmented you are and the more different like topics and, and, um, specific you can get with problems, um, the better, I think the, the better, the better community will be, the better engagement you'll have and the easier it'll be to grow. Yeah. That makes a, that makes a really good point. And I think we're very close to that too. Like our agencies, the agency launch pad, we're going to help agencies scale past like 2 million ARR. So that's very specific. We know exactly the type of revenue we want to target yeah. those agencies, you know, yeah. you know, exactly the type of agencies we want to work with that we know we can scale. But I'm such, I want to give back so much to the community because I understand where other people are at that I'm like, sure, you can be a part of the community. And yeah, you can be a part of the community. And yeah, and and you're right. And it does kind of like wash out the quality in some way. You know? Yeah, it becomes less, I think it becomes less valuable. Um, In your attempt to try to help more people, it becomes less valuable. Yes. Which is like a, like a dichotomy. Like if you were, if you were to take the opposite approach and say, I can only help people who have, I can help. If I spend an hour with this person, I can get them 10 million extra revenue. If I spend an hour with this person, I can maybe get them a few extra users. What, where's your yeah. time better spent? Yeah. Right. Like what, what, what would you rather spend an hour and help someone get 10 new users or spend an hour and get, and make a change that results in 10 million extra revenue? Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on your value system, right? I mean, some people would rather prefer to work with the smaller guys, um, really depends on your value system, but, uh, but, but the, the truth is your, your time is not equally valuable among your clients. Like no. you can help some people way more than you can other people. And if you're spending time working with people who you can't help the most, um, it's taking away your time from really being able to deliver really great results for other people. So, um, and, and there's no right or wrong way. It's just, you have to, you have to decide. And maybe there's a medium too. Maybe you could spend 20, 10% of your time is for the smaller group. 90% is for the group you can really help. You know, it's up to you, but um, yeah. Do you, do you believe that you have multiple sub-segment of audiences in what you're doing? I'm sure you do. And how do you within prioritize? SaaS. Yeah, within your SaaS clients that you're working with. Do you have clients that you know are doing 5,000 to 10,000, 11,000 to 20,000? Or do you only work with one type of audience? Um, 
So I think I've, I did an analysis and I think there's probably at least 30 to 40 submarkets within SaaS. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, that, that I can help. Wow. Um, not, not that exist that I can help. Yes. Um, because you have, you have B to C, B to B. Then you have B to B to C. So that's three right away. And then you have American or US based international. And then within international, you have, um, you have bootstrap, not bootstrap. So you just, it's just like, it goes all the way down to each one of these markets has a specific pain point and a need. Um, Mm -hmm. Personally, the companies that I like working with are like uh, founders who have a really great product, who are succeeding despite themselves, who are continuing to grow, even though they're not putting effort on into marketing and they don't know why they're growing. They just, they're just slowly growing. Um, And they're usually between like 30 and 45 um, family, have a family, young kids and, um, and they want to build something that allows them to spend more time with their family. And I love, and, I love yeah. it. You're so I mean, specific. That's... You're so specific, but you're broad in how you're able to help the different types of companies. But you're very specific on your audience. And I think that's what's allowed you to be so successful. And I think a perfect word is focus. It's like if you were to think top level, what is a word that kind of encompasses what you're doing? It's focus. Because you could yeah. say, oh, yeah, you're targeting. It's like, okay, yeah, but like, anyone can target it's how long you can stay on that target and be confident that you're going to hit that target. And I think that that one word focus is something you're able to do very well. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a muscle. Yeah. A lot of, you do not, people are not, I was not born with the focus muscle. I was born with the squirrel muscle, like go after a hundred different things. Right. So it's taken a while to develop that. But I think the time that you would invest in, being able to focus and getting through like the hard parts and the boring parts really um, pays off. Yeah. I really like that. And it helps me too, because uh, I'm kind of like that too. I'm like that squirrel mine where I'm like, yeah, oh, I, do. I think this shiny yeah. thing. Oh, like we should build that. Absolutely. But, but, but I will tell you that is a huge benefit too. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you why, because we spent four months building growth reality in terms of like the resources that we're offering like the SaaS tools page, we have a tool just for SaaS tools that you can pick a category, right? And I'll show that to you later. It's super cool. We have an agency listings. We have a growth bits where you could feature top influencers in marketing. I was so focused on prime, like of building products around marketing that people want to find that when it came to the actual marketing, I didn't have to worry about the product. The product was no longer an issue. So if, if the yeah. marketing wasn't working, it's like, okay, we know the product's not the problem, right? What do we need to do in marketing now in our middle of funnel and top of funnel to get people in? And how do we make sure it's the right audience, right? And I think that's still a huge be- benefit to people that have ADHD or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Is, is you're yeah. so in that product building fo- mode. And once you get past it, you're more focused on the marketing. You could still make pivots, obviously, right? Yeah. Like yeah. change the term, change the focus. And do you agree to that? Do you think it's? Yeah, dude, I used to think, I used to think focus was, was going to kill me creatively. Yeah. (laughs) I was so afraid to pick one thing because I was like, I'm going to get bored of this. I don't, I'm going to get bored of it. I'm going to get bored and it's going to be annoying. Um, And what I found, what I found was that um, 
focus allowed me to be more creative and and focus my creativity um and i was still able to have a lot of flexibility um because there's still a lot of flexibility in in focusing on one thing if you think about it right um and now i realize man i um no is like the the new my new favorite word like i say no to things all the time because i just i know that i have to focus even if i think it's a great opportunity yeah. like i say no i can't i'm sorry i can't do this i can't i can't make this meeting i can't um i can't do this partnership i can't do this it's out of it's out of focus for me um it's not aligned with what i want to do and i found that that's been um hasn't been like the thing i sh- shouldn't have been afraid of it you know it's like yeah. Um, there's still a, a ton that I can do within one specific focus area um, that I didn't and realize. Do well. And do it well. Yeah. Cool. So I think we've had a really good discussion. I think you and I could talk again for like multiple hours about anything. It'd just be fun. It's been um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. But so I, I like to take the last five minutes or so and throw a curveball. I always do it with the guests, right? Ooh, all right. We talk about personal stuff. Okay. And obviously it's, it's up to you how, what you want to say, obviously it's, it's totally up to you. So the first question I always love to ask is what is one instant when you were a kid or when you were younger that you still remember to this day that has shaped you into who you've become today that you always look back on and remember? Oh man. Oh, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. Um, You know, I think um, I'll preface this by saying that my parents did the best they could with what they had. Um, I don't have, I don't think I have any resentment towards them. I I, I hope it's like um, kind of cleaned out. Um, but my dad had a temper and uh, he would get mad um, at the slightest things. And there are multiple instances I can remember where he would get, um, he would get really upset about something that I thought was trivial. And um, it really affected me as a kid. I was, I felt like I was always walking on eggshells. Um, I felt like, I, th- I think my, my, my personal value um, or self-worth was really affected by it. Um, um, and, and, you know, without like getting into really specific examples um, that the outcome was, I am not going to be like that when I grow up. And so I have spent my life like cultivating patience and try and understanding so that when my kid like does something stupid, I don't say, what is your problem? Like, why do you think about that? like training my mind to be able to say he's five years old. He has no idea. I have 30 more years than he does. And I still make mistakes. Right. So some empathy um, and being patient. I think um, uh, the blessing of my, my dad's temper was that I don't have that same temper and I'm not going to have that with my son or my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. I, I got plenty of other issues that, that, um, Arlo, Arlo will probably grow up thinking I'm never going to do what he did. Um, but, um, but that was one. Wow. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. You know, 
think those, these are important things that shape us into who we become, right? Um, so final question, right? What do you think are some redeemable factors of who you've become today? So like, what are factors that you can look back on from your journey that you can say you're proud of? Of Aaron. When you say factors, like, what do you mean? Like events or things that I did or just, just things that I'm you, proud you, of you, in my life? It's, it's better to answer it the way that you'd like to, you know, I don't want to. Oh, it's open-ended it on purpose. You. Okay. Yeah. I prefer. And, and, and by the way, I don't script this, the question that I ask, cause it needs to come off genuine every time I ask it. So it does change for every yeah, yeah. So answer it the way that you, you hear it instead of me narrating it for you. Um, man, um, can you, can you ask the question again? Yeah. So what are some redeemable facts? What are factors or things that I've, that you look back on and you're proud of your journey into who you've become today? So it could be, yeah, for example, okay. you know, you were in an argument with a potential client and you said this time it's not going to happen before. And you changed the way that you approached those conversations with clients. And you're proud of yeah. that for yourself, not professionally necessarily because you're trying to close a deal, but personally, ethically, morally, you thought it was the right thing to do. And it's shaped you into who Aaron is today. Um, so I, I grew up in a very high demand religion. And, um, uh, it's, it's really hard to explain what it's like. Uh, the best way that I can describe it is that in a high demand religion, everything is black and white and there's one way and there's a wrong way. Hmm. It's very clear. It's the, it's the, um, uh, um, the narrow path or like lost in the wilderness, right? There's no in between. Like you can't kind of be on the path and not, you can't have one leg on the path and then one kind of like hanging out in the wilderness. Um, it took me a very long time for me to realize that for me personally, that that ideology was very destructive because for a very long time, I felt like I had to find the right path for me in everything, in business, in family, um, I had to pick the right, there was one right way and then a wrong and everything else was wrong. Hmm. And I was so deathly afraid of picking the wrong thing because I didn't want to waste my time. I didn't want to be looked at or perceived as someone who, you know, didn't know what they were doing. So I constantly was looking for someone to tell me what I needed to do. And within the past few years, I realized that um, humans are very complex dynamic and with 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 some exceptions um there is not one right path for everyone mm -hmm. like um even in cases of like taking someone's life right like um there are cases in which that is okay to do right um you can't say don't ever take someone's life um you can't say don't ever steal. There are cases in which like that's okay to do. And, um, and living a life like that was brought a lot of shame and guilt because I always felt like I was, could do better. And I was always doing wrong. 
um, when I realized that, that there is nuance and that um, I think one of, one of the things I'm most proud of myself is realizing that um, happiness to, for me comes from identifying my values and making sure my values are driven out of love, not fear, mm. and then living according to those values. That's where happiness comes from for me. Um, and it has much less to do with, you know, the rituals and the rites and the things you should eat or shouldn't eat or things you should say or shouldn't say. If my actions and values are driven out of love and I'm living according to those values, then I can be an extremely happy and successful and peaceful person as opposed to someone, please tell me the right way to live. I'll do whatever you say because that didn't work for me. So um, I think when Arlo grows up, that's something that I really want him to know is like, it's like what works for me may not work for you, but there's mm -hmm. some things that are, that are definitely true. Here they are. And if you follow these, you're going to be okay. I love it. Thanks so much for your time, Aaron. I really appreciate it. You know, you're Absolutely. an amazing guest. Um, feel free to plug away. If there's anything you want to share with us, you know, we're going to be oh, man. creating a lot of snippets. So, so, you know, let us know. Yeah. You know, I don't, um, come, come follow me on, on Facebook. I'm Aaron Crowell. Go to my website, aaroncrowell.io. Get my lead magnet. So that way I can keep in touch with you. The lead magnet's pretty good, but my emails are really good. And I, I really, um, spend a lot of time, um, trying to build a community within my email. Um, just, just come hang out and get to know me. I'd, I'd love for you to join my world and, and go on this journey with you. Yeah, we'll definitely plug also the Facebook group because I think that's a nice way to get into your funnels, right? Yeah, SAS Growth X. SAS Growth X is, is the group. I don't own the group anymore, by the way. I'm not I'm not the group owner and not the admin. Oh. I, I pass hey, the torch on to someone else. Eric, uh, give it up for Eric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, my little baby has grown up. Yeah. He's out on his own, made his own choices, you know, and I'm proud of him. Um, still yeah. a great group, so join it. Um, I have a few other groups that you can join that are, that are still my own communities, but they're a little bit more specific. If you're interested, let me know. I can, I can, maybe I have one for you, but, um, yeah, I would join that. And then, uh, I, yeah, do that. Good job, Aaron. Nice job, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Aaron. And, uh, sure. by the way, we'll add you as an ex, you are an expert now in the discord. So oh, we're nice. going to figure out okay. ways to, yeah get you to incorporate your content into the discord channel. If you like, um, basically whatever you're posting normally, we're going to be able to share in our discord gated content. Oh, wow, it's that's awesome. Some of your content. So you can be an expert in, okay. in just us within the community. Cool. I'd love that. Cool. Be a pleasure. Yeah. We'll stay in touch with you. All okay. right. Thank you guys. Thank Thanks you. Everybody. Guys for hanging out. Thanks Jonathan.